Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Hot Takes from the Berg podcast. I'm your host, Jason Michener, joining alongside Ian Hatcher. How are you doing today, Ian? Oh, man, I couldn't be doing any better. First of all, you and me both go to Virginia Tech, so we experienced a rocking lane stadium just a few days ago. It happened on Friday, but it feels like feels like I'm still there. I think a part of my body will forever be there after that. Um, but just being in that environment, really getting to see firsthand football is back. And now here we are just, you know, one week later and we're going to kick off the NFL season. I couldn't be doing any better. I'm so excited to jump into these matchups. You'll week one for me, at least I can definitely say you'll hear more of a, um, definitely more of a, this kind of same tune that I've held all the off season. Cause I mean, we don't have anything to go off of. I mean, my tune could very well change a whole lot based off of what happens in week one, but this is, you know, this is the start. Everything starts here. Teams, playoffs, hopes, whether you're going to be picking first in the draft, no matter what your journey is going to be, you start here right now. And I'm so excited to get the 2021 season kicked off. And I think to, to kick that off, we have a, a really fun Thursday night game, Dallas traveling down to Tampa Bay to face the reigning Super Bowl champions. And the big story is, how is Dak Prescott going to do coming off injury? Yeah, I'm really – this one is a pretty easy pick for me. I mean, I'm rolling with the Bucks in this one. Um, to me, the, just for the, the Cowboys, there's too many question marks that I need to see answered. And for that reason, it's just overwhelming that I would go with the Bucks. I mean, they, like you touched on, Dak's injury concerns are – just that concerns. I mean, I have question marks about them. How is he going to be able to hold up? The whole shoulder thing is weird. It came out of nowhere. No one really knew about it. And now the fact that we're talking about it means that it has to be something. I mean, the fact that Zeke is also trying to be, you know, uh, Zeke from a couple of years ago says kind of where he's at in his career and what we saw from him a year ago. So, I mean, there's question marks offensively for this team. It's not the offensive line it once was, and the defense never really turned the corner. So, I mean, this is a team that potentially has question marks on both sides of the ball, and the Bucks are, like you said, reigning Super Bowl champs. Yeah, the, the only Super Bowl team to bring back all 22 starters. Dallas just has way too many question marks going into the season. I mean, not just Dak. That that defense still is very lackluster. You don't know exactly what you're going to get out of Mike Parsons. So, yeah, uh, you got to go with Tampa Bay here, unless Dak is what he was his rookie year. Yeah, I have 31-26 final score. I do think with Dak just being back, there's a little bit more oomph to the Cowboys, a little bit more pep in their step, especially in the opener. They just had hard knocks. I'm sure, you know, everyone that's there is really, really hype on what they've got. But it is very much so still what Jerry Jones said, David versus Goliath. So 31-26 bucks. Now, moving on to the 1 p.m. Sunday games, we have the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Indianapolis. Um. Indianapolis has some question marks as well. Uh, not 100% sure if Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson are going to be fully healthy and ready to go on Sunday. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's been placed on IR for now. It's it's a very strange situation for Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I operated under the assumption that Carson Wentz is going to be a go. I think that's where all signs are kind of pointing at this point in time is that he is going to be good to go. Um you know, there's always the off chance that something could happen. And just the fact in and of itself that you're even having to have this conversation week one about worrying about Carson Wentz's foot is a, a troubling kind of a sign. But 
to me in this game, ultimately, it, it's the Seahawks um, for those reasons. I think the Colts are a very good team. I expect them to do a lot of big things this season. But if you think back to a year ago, they lost to Jacksonville opening week. Maybe it's just something for the Colts in, in um, the opening week. But um, the, I think Russell Wilson and, and company get started to a really hot season here. I'm, I'm going to roll with Indianapolis in this game based off the fact I still don't fully trust Seattle's O-line. And that Indianapolis front seven is very, very dangerous and very difficult to stop. So it's going to be really difficult for Russell Wilson to have time in the pocket. And if Chris Carson can be able to get anything going, then that offense can be shut down very, very early. First disagreement, our first, you know, it, it very short lived this season. I think it took us a couple games last year for us to have our first disagreement. But uh, I mean, hey, that this first week, like I said, is it's going to be probably the toughest one because we're operating with the least. I mean, we don't even know if Carson Wentz is going to start for the Colts. I mean, that just goes to kind of show you how in the dark we are right now. But to me, I do think that the Seahawks will get this one done. I, I think it's going to be 33 24. Now, this my prediction is based off the fact that Carson Wentz is starting. If not, then it's a landslide, Seattle. Um, now moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Houston. I think this is clear cut. Deshaun Watson most likely will never put on a Houston uniform again. And Jacksonville has the hottest QB prospect since Andrew Luck with a decent receiving core around him. Yeah, um, I will say for one, I know that first kind of game is always a huge step in, a, in any player's career. And I mean, wow, what a gift right here for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, like you said, one of the most highly touted quarterback prospects gets to walk into his first NFL game and have it probably feel like a college game to him. If we had a lot of points, I mean, it just the Houston Texans are probably the worst team in football. If there's any team or any game that I can predict in an instant, it's whichever team they're playing is probably going to win. <laughs> um, but this is very, this is really nice luxury right here for Trevor Lawrence to get acclimated and have his first game played against such an easy opponent and, and what we expect will be a win. I don't expect this one to be a, like a crazy high scoring game for Je for the Jags. I mean, Trevor Lawrence really didn't, he struggled a little bit in his first two preseason games. I still expect a little bit of that to carry over, but I think ultimately he caps off a really good game and the Jaguars win 27 to 17. Yeah, I I don't know how Houston offense is going to function. Um, I mean, Tyrod Taylor is most likely going to be the starter, but I mean, that backfield is just way too old. Brandon Cooks isn't, isn't really the most reliable receiver out there. They lost Will Fuller, so Houston is in shambles. So, we're on with Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, what's the next game on the slate for us? Now, let's go to your favorite team traveling down to Atlanta to face the Falcons. I mean, I think this is clear cut going to Philly. I, I don't trust that Atlanta defense, and if Jalen Hurts is at least somewhat of what he's touted out to be, it's going to be a really good game for them. Yeah, no, I'm really glad we don't have to disagree on the first pick of my team this year because that, that absolutely break my heart. But uh, 
I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, I don't want anyone to think I'm in like an Eagles homer or anything like that just because I'm picking my team. But I can't really justify picking the Falcons. I mean, their defense from a year ago was terrible. And now offensively, they have question marks. And that's not something that was the case a year ago. And so I'm even more scared. Like, yes, you have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. I expect that duo to be dynamic, but it, it's everything else. I mean, the offensive line has always been iffy. You lose out or you lose Julio Jones, and now you don't have Todd Gurley in your backfield. Mike Davis is supposed to be the guy. It's just a lot of things that I need to see happen before I can have enough confidence to pick them in a game like this. And um, to you know, my satisfaction, I mean, as the Eagles – by my prediction, going to be one and oh. So I'd say 24 20. I think it'll be still be close, but both these teams have question marks. Yeah, I was about to say this could be a very high scoring game considering neither team really has that good of a defense. I mean, Philly definitely does have the advantage over Atlanta, but not by much. <laughs> hey, don't don't compare us with the Falcons, Steve. <laughs> Um, now moving on to the Chargers traveling to Washington to face the football team. This is going to be a very, very big test for Justin Herbert. He's facing a top, one of the best young courts on the defense end in the entire NFL. He's going to have four or five pass rushers coming at his face all game long. It's, it's going to be very, very difficult. It is going to be very, very difficult. I think one thing that is very often slept on in all of football is the thing that exists. I hate to break it to you, and it's the sophomore slump. I mean, very few quarterbacks are have their awesome year in their sophomore season. I don't know what it is. I, I wish somebody would come and break the trend, but I, unfortunately, I kind of, at least to start the season, don't have Justin Herbert breaking that trend. I mean, it's he's working against a lot here, against this Washington defense, like you said. I mean, the front seven is just absolutely ruthless. They're going to be bearing down on him all game. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's going to be a test for Herbert. I think it's going to be a test to see just how far their money's going to go. That's spread across their offensive line now, because I mean, they are in for some work. <laughs> It'll be definitely a test up front. I think ultimately Washington gets it done. This is going to be a big, big game, a very exciting game that I project. I think this is going to be definitely one of those kind of you have to tune in at some point over the over the course of your weekend kind of games. It's just that exciting. Both of these teams are so young and talented. The Chargers are getting back Derwin James and, and, and Joey Bosa. There's so many storylines working here. But ultimately, I think it's magic is, you know, the poised veteran. And I think working with that defense, they ultimately pull through 26-19. I, I do have to go with my team here. Um, I really do like the Chargers. I think they are uh, a playoff uh, sleeper. But how Justin Herbert is going to do against this defense, it's it's really questionable. Um, I think Keenan Allen's going to really test Kendall Fuller's uh, coverage abilities, being the number one corner. But other than that, there's not really much else. I mean, Austin Eckler is really going to have to show his worth going against this front seven. Yeah. Well, now moving on to what is probably going to be a, a, a really good defensive battle. We got Pittsburgh going to Buffalo. I mean, you you have the young superstar quarterback, Josh Allen, facing off against the old vet, Ben Roethlisberger, two of some of the best defenses out there. It's going to be a fun matchup. 
Yeah, um, I'm totally with you. I heard a lot of people saying that this is going to be a shootout or things like this and that. I don't expect that at all. I think the complete opposite, just like you said. I expect a defensive battle here. I mean, people forget these are two teams that, yes, as good as they are and how good they are on offense as well, but they're two teams that hang their hat on the way that they play defense. And I think that's something that I learned a long time ago is that defense always starts out ahead of offense. It's just something about it. Offenses have things working against them. They have to get in a rhythm. Defenses, you all you always have the same goal. You don't have to establish any kind of a connection. Hey, all 11 guys moving to the ball, and that's how it works. So, I mean, for the Steelers to have had all that movement in the offseason, it worries me. And, I mean, the Bills have a little bit to make me question as well. I mean, Stephon Diggs is injured and, and had a little bit of a, a – a rough off season and, and that worries me a little bit and they're breaking in a very young defensive line that really needs to be productive early in their careers but I think ultimately the Steelers are missing the most TJ Watt is still holding out it looks like he probably won't play week one if that's the case it's really going to hurt their defense either way though I think Bills come out on top my final score 29 to 17. I, I am going to go with the the AFC championship runner-ups here as well um I think Josh Allen has a lot more to work with on that offensive end than Big Ben does. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is not the QB he was four or five years ago. And Josh Allen is really starting to step into his peak. I mean, he was an MVP candidate for the first six or seven games and then really started to pick it back up towards the end of the season. Expect the same exact thing from him, absolutely. Now moving on to the San Francisco 49ers Traveling to Detroit to face the Lions, it's it's the question of how is Jared Goff going to do without a receiving core? Yeah, I mean, that is the big, big question. But first of all, I have to make it a big deal. This is my first projected upset of the entire season uh, right here. Um, to me, it's a couple of different factors. For one, I've been so... Uh, loud about how much I've loved what the Lions have been able to do in the offseason. And I have to have that carrying over to the regular season in some kind of a way. If it isn't, you know, a little bit of a big head going into week one, then I don't know what it should be. Um, but to me, it's going to take a ton of field goals in this one. And because like you said, I mean, there's just a lack of weapons on this team. And for them to win, they'll have to do things like this. I do think Dan Campbell's got the kind of defense that he can probably work to his advantage and do some really cool things with and be good unit, be a good unit on that side of the ball. But um, my confidence isn't all that high. But, I mean, I do have to remember that Goff isn't a terrible quarterback. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to go out and win you games. But, I mean, Jared Goff, he never had, like, superstar weapons when he was with the Rams. It's not like this is something that's new to him. I mean, he's never had game breakers on the outside. I mean, he always won with really good play design, good run game, and not losing you games. And I think in this in this game right here, for what I project to be as kind of a struggling 49ers offense and defense in this week one right here, um, I think that can get them to win. And I think this is also potentially a good thing for the Niners. I mean, a quarterback controversy is probably something that a lot of 49er fans want. And the earlier in the season it happens, probably the better. I, I am going to go with San Fran here just because that defense is coming back fully healthy. I mean, you didn't have Nick Bosa basically all year last year, and he is one of the best young pass rushers in the league. I mean, not even just young, just one of the best pass rushers in general. I mean, it's difficult to pick between him and his brother 
who's the better one. Um, but just how Jared Goff struggled last year with Los Angeles, it's and he had guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I mean, he doesn't have anyone of that caliber. His, his best receiver is out of the backfield with DeAndre Swift. And even then, Swift isn't the most versatile guy. I'm, he does have TJ Hawkinson. I will say that. I love Hawking Sox. Um, but I don't think that's going to be able to get them to win, especially over this linebacking court headed by Fred Warner. Yeah, Fred Warner, that's that's the big get. Um, now moving on to Minnesota, going down to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. I think my biggest storyline for Minnesota is Daniel Hunter's finally going to be able to play again. He has been the head of that defense since Everson Griffin left. And he has been an absolute monster uh, being the run stopper, being a decent pass rusher. So he is going to put a lot of pressure under Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a big thing. I mean, to me, this game is a little bit of a tough one for me to kind of predict. I, you know, I, it's one of those where I kind of went back and forth a few, few times. But all in all, I, I definitely think I can expect some some early struggles and rust in the early going, at least, for Joe Burrow. I mean, after – all the talk, there will be a lot of eyes on how the offensive line can hold up, but the eye test will answer all the questions. I mean, we'll know it all after this week, and like you said, with guys like Daniel Hunter bearing down on him, we'll find out pretty quick if this offensive line needed, could could have gone with the fifth pick or if they were you know, better suited going with Jamar Chase. Also something to watch is Jamar Chase. I mean, the three drops in the preseason, uh, I mean, Devontae Smith had a couple of drops, but I'm not worried because we still saw the separation and all that. We didn't see those similar things similar things with Jamar Chase it's still going to be some eyes on him as well but without the certainties on that front and across the defense I just can't predict the Bengals to to win on a team that I know can at least make noise in the regular season I mean that offense is star powered now with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and you can't ever forget about Thielen so I mean they have weapons and they will make this Bengals team work for it it's also be interesting to see who who Cincinnati puts on Justin Jefferson. I mean, are you going to have Mike Hilton or Chidobia Wuzia on, on him? I mean, of course, you have Jesse Bates roaming over the top, but you can't have him on both sides of Thielen and Justin Jefferson. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that secondary can hold up. And then, of course, Dalvin Cook is arguably the second best running back in the league. Yeah. There's not much that we need to say about Dalvin Cook. I mean, the dude's a monster. Um, now moving on to the New York Jets going down to Carolina. I mean, of course, the biggest story is Sam Darnold's revenge game. He he finally has a, a spot where I think he'll fit very comfortably. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm really expecting a huge middle finger right here from Sam Darnold. I mean, just think about where he's gone in the last few months. I mean, he went from a Jets team where he was already going to be kicked out the door from by the second overall draft pick. Didn't really know what was going to happen with him. And now he's in Carolina. And he he the weapons he has at his disposal include Terrence Marshall Jr., DJ Moore, um, Christian McCaffrey. Chuba Hubbard now is also the backup running back. And, oh, yeah, they have Robbie Anderson. I mean, the team is so good. 
on offense. I mean, it's really insane. And just how many weapons he will now have. I mean, his best receiver he ever played with is now his number two receiver, Robbie Anderson. So, I mean, that just goes to show you how many more weapons. And I, I heard some talk at a training camp that he didn't look all the best, but I expect, like I said, a huge middle finger here from Sam Darnold. He'll do whatever it takes to get this win. We've seen, you know, him kind of play with that, all that heart and intensity that he has for the Jets. And I expect, you know, that'll be on full display in his first game as a Panther. Yeah, and then looking at the Jets, I mean, I know guys like Tony Romo are really giving high praise to Zach Wilson, but you also have to remember it is the preseason. QB, especially young QBs, tend to look their best in their rookie year during the preseason because they're not going against full, fully fledged defenses. They're usually going against backups and third stringers. Once they get into the regular season, it's when you truly see who the, the superstars are. That's why Justin Herbert performed so well last year and Joe Burrow was a little bit of a slump. Exactly. No, yeah, I mean, for sure. Just not, not knowing what to expect is also something I think that you know, has to be said. I mean, there's something to be said about a defense that doesn't really know what a quarterback wants to do. Once you figure a guy out, it's a different story. When you know his best, you when you know exactly where he likes to release the ball and do all those other certain things, how he likes to look receivers off like that, you know, you have a better idea. But for these young guys, it's, it's a learning process. Yeah, so I, I got to go with uh, Carolina here. I just think the weapons they have on offense and the defense they have uh, head by Brian Burns and Jeremy Chen, it's going to be a nightmare for Zach Wilson. Yeah, it won't be easy, that's for sure. Now moving on to the Arizona Cardinals going to Tennessee to face the Titans. This is, this is a prove-it test for Kyler Murray in this offense. Because, I mean, Tennessee's defense was stripped of a lot this offseason. Yeah. And if if they can't perform to the best of their ability against a defense like this, what are they going to do when they have to face some of the top-end defenses? Oh, I absolutely agree. That's basically the entire basis of what I had for this game right here. I do think that this game has sleeper – uh, a sleeper chance to be the most exciting game of the week um, for a lot of the reasons that you said. I mean, both the, for one, the Cardinals have not hung their hat on defense for a long while, and the Titans lost a lot of faces on that side of the ball. So, I mean, we know both defenses are a little bit iffy, and we know both of these offenses are supposed to be super high powered. So, I mean, I think we could very well expect a huge shootout here. But with that being said, I, I expect the Cardinals to break through in this one come through with the win uh the titans like I, i've been on record with saying how displeased i was with them and just because of that they're another one of those like one week at least prove it to me teams like i'm gonna have to see it all work and like i, I still think there's something to be said about the dynamic of balancing a derrick henry julio jones and aj brown i mean that, it's just gonna be a tough task in and of itself and then you add in a defense that's gonna be kind of compensating to have all that star power on offense it makes me a little bit nervous. It's a tough, it's tough to really put all my eggs in the Cardinals basket, but I'm willing to do it week one. I'm going to have to go with Tennessee here. I think the big thing is they don't really have a corner to guard either AJ Brown or Julio Jones. I mean, they lost Patrick Peterson in the offseason, who was, who has been their best corner since he was there. And they don't, I mean, they have Buda Baker going over the top, but 
you don't really have anyone to press up on Julio or AJ Brown, and then that defensive line is is fine. I think JJ Watt is not exactly what he used to be, and then of course you have Chandler Jones, but no one to stop Derrick Henry. I mean, I, I it takes four to five people to stop Derrick Henry in the first place, and then you're going against a bit of a lackluster defense to begin with. So it's going to be very, very difficult for Arizona to be able to stop this Tennessee team. And if Tennessee is able to just shut down DeAndre Hopkins, there goes Arizona's offense. Sorry about the technical difficulties there, y'all. A um, little bit of internet issues. Um, but yeah, I I got to go with Tennessee here. Yeah, no, I mean it's a smart bet. You were smart to bring up the cornerback situation because it's something I hadn't really considered, and I have no answer for it. So I, I know it'll definitely be a tough one for them in regards to stopping them, but. Am I going back on my pick now? <laughs> um, well, now moving on to what I think is probably the game of the week. We got the Cleveland Browns traveling to Kansas City. This is going to be an absolute dog fest. I mean, Cleveland bolstered up so much on the defensive side. I mean, they brought in JOK in the draft. They bring in John Johnson. They bring in Jadavion Clowney to line up next to Miles Garrett. But then this Kansas City offensive line got a million times better, bringing in Orlando Brown and Kyle Long coming out of retirement. So it's going to be a a really big battle in the trenches. Oh, absolutely. I expect this one to be fireworks, just like you said. I think it's going to be the most exciting game of the week. And I think this is a great litmus test for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, because I think they are the most exciting team on paper. I'm willing to say that, and and that's a crown they should not hold that high because it means really nothing. It's all about how you use it. I'm a fan of a team that held that same crown, and it meant nothing to us when we were the Dream Team Eagles. So, I mean, this Browns team is basically the same thing as that. They're a loser until they prove prove otherwise. I think they got a lot of good things working for them. Baker Mayfield finished the second half of the season last year on fire with very limited options in the receiving core. That was a very, very promising sign for Cleveland Brown fans. But ultimately, this is the Chiefs. I mean, I say it's a litmus test because if you want to be a dominant team in the NFL, this is who you, this is your standard, is the Kansas City Chiefs. And I mean, I maybe if this happened later in the season, I'd be more willing to, to go otherwise. But I mean, I cannot project the Browns, even with everything they've done to beat the Chiefs. I mean, I expect it'll be a close and tight game, but ultimately I, I got the Chiefs winning 30-23. to 23. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Kansas City here. I mean, it's difficult to pick against the Super Bowl runner-ups. I'm really, really excited about Cleveland's future, though. They, they have a very, very bright future ahead of them. 
uh, with Baker Mayfield getting the receivers back. Uh, that defense is just getting better and better. It's it's going to be insane to see how this team will progress in the next two to three years. But they're not exactly there yet. Yeah, I mean, on paper, they have the defense. They could they could have the best defense in the league this year. I mean, that's how good it is, especially on the defensive side of the football. But it's we're really going to figure out very fast how good it really is. Or maybe we'll just see uh, what is the outlier game of the season. That is everyone's outlier in the Kansas City Chiefs. Either way, I expect it'll be normal Kansas City. Uh, it'll Well, excuse me. It'll be business as usual for Kansas City. Now moving on to the Miami Dolphins traveling up north to go against the New England Patriots. A battle of two young QBs. I mean, as everyone should know at this point, Cam Newton has been cut from the New England Patriots in favor of Mac Jones. And that is a, I can't lie, that's a little scary uh, considering uh, the aspects of Mac Jones and how similar he is to Tom Brady coming out of college. And he looked pretty decent in preseason. Yeah, no, the similarities alone. I mean, you squint your eyes a little bit and you could swear that almost is Tom Brady. I mean, that definitely is scary, especially when you think about what what a reign of terror it was last time Belichick got his hands on somebody like that. But this is a prove-it league. And like just like I've been on the record with, uh, you know, giving praise to some other teams, I've been all over the Dolphins. And I have been so loud in how I feel about them. And I, nothing's going to change for me here. I mean, I still think they have an incredible defense. I still think that they've done everything in their power to help Tua. And it's going to be a great test for them. I will say that. It would be a great test. I would have thought this game would have been easier, to, or I thought this game would have been easier to predict with Cam Newton. But now with Mac Jones, it gets only a little bit harder. I think it's a tight, close one. It always is when it comes to Patriot games. But I think the Dolphins win by two points, twenty-six to twenty-four. I, I do see Miami coming out of top, coming out on top. Um, it's going to be a Miles Gaskin's going to have to be able to have a good game. Uh, you're really going to have to expect a lot from Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker in the the receiving game. I'm not too worried about the defense. I think they have a pretty good defense and be able to to disrupt Mac Jones. But if if Mac Jones is even a pretty good quarterback, it's going to be very, very scary for the upcoming future of the Patriots. Yeah, no, I mean, they definitely have the writing on the wall. I mean, we all know the defensive guru that is Belichick. I mean, so long as they can have a, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say game manager because that really undercredits, but I mean, just someone that doesn't lose you games at the quarterback position. I mean, they're in a very good spot and, this is another good team that'll be great to see week one. I mean, no one expected to be seeing Mac Jones this early or as early as week one, at least I didn't. So, I mean, if you did props to you, I didn't. So, I mean, to me, it'll be awesome to see what does full-time Mac Jones look like. Well, now moving on to the Denver Broncos traveling to MetLife to take on the New York Giants. Teddy B is officially the starter for Denver. So no Drew Locke for, probably the first few weeks. Um, but this is a, a prove-it season for Daniel Jones, and it starts right here. But I don't think he gets it done. I think Denver's defense is way too talented 
especially in the secondary, to allow guys like Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard to run all over them. Yeah, no, I mean, just like you, just like you said, I mean, Daniel Jones is at, in the midst of a prove-it year. And with that being the case, I mean, you don't have to get it all in one week, and it's a good thing for Daniel Jones because I don't expect he will either. I'm just as high as you are on this Broncos defense. I love, I have loved everything about them ever since the Peyton Manning Super Bowl era. Somehow it seems that they've just maintained that defense ever since. Even with the moving parts, new faces, new guys, doesn't matter. They've still remained an effective unit. And Vic Fangio really knows what he's doing with those guys. But it's going to be tough. I mean, for the Giants, you also on the offensive side of the ball are breaking in new playmakers in Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, like you said. And also Saquon Barkley comes back off of an ACL tear. I mean, it's week one and he gets this defense. It seems to be a lot of signs pointing away from the Giants. I'm going to listen to those Broncos 27 to 21. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not another injury-riddled season for Saquon, um, considering he was my first overall draft pick in fantasy. But I, it's going to be a really, really difficult week one for him, just like it was last year going against that Pittsburgh defense. It's, it's a very talented front seven with a good secondary that has some run stop like Justin Simmons it's gonna be a test for this off it's gonna be a test for this offense and then for the Giants they're strong suit is the secondary so that's gonna be a really difficult test for them considering they're going against Jerry Judy Noah Fan uh Cortland Sutton's back off injury KJ Handler it's gonna be very very difficult for this Giants team to stand stand the test yeah, no, I mean, if there's any, you know, kind of silver lining for this is that, you know, Giants fans will hopefully get to see, you know, that defense that they had from a year ago carry over again this year. I, I do still think that's the strongest unit. And I mean, hopefully that offense can catch up to the defense. Now, moving on to the last Sunday afternoon game, we have the Green Bay Packers traveling to New Orleans. Now for New Orleans, Michael Thomas is most likely going to be out. So there goes their number one receiver. They don't have Emmanuel Sanders anymore. Uh, they're going to be relying a lot on Alvin Kamara. Yeah, a whole lot on Alvin Kamara. I mean, this is basically, you know, two opposites. The Saints are right now what the Packers could have been had Aaron Rodgers really held out and demanded to go to a different team. And, I mean, the Saints are – in a weird kind of a category. They're in a gray area to me because, I mean, with Drew Brees, you were Super Bowl contenders. Without Drew Brees, I have to figure it out. I mean, Jameis Winston has a lot of talent, but is he still that guy that makes throws and immediately as soon as he makes a throw, you're like, why are you throwing to him? He's, he didn't triple coverage. And he's also the guy that has the arm talent to beat you 65 yards down the field. I mean, he has that ability. It'll be tough with the amount of options that he's working with. And for that reason, I expect, you know, Aaron Rodgers will um, not really, you know, give a middle finger to the Saints, but maybe a middle finger to the front office and pop off and fall out and do his thing like we always know Aaron Rodgers to do. I expect that. The Packers win 34-23. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a really rough first game for, for Jameis Winston. But once he gets Michael Thomas back, then it's going to be all guns ho for Michael Thomas, 80-yard bombs. Oh, yeah. That'll be exciting. Now, for Sunday night, we have the Chicago Bears traveling to the Los, to Los Angeles to face the Rams. 
Matt Stafford, first game in Los Angeles. That is going to be a fun, fun game to watch. Absolutely. This is going to be so fun to watch. It could be more fun to watch, but the Bears are gung-ho on starting Andy Dalton. And to me, that will inevitably affect their outlook until that changes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Dalton, but we saw what he offered the Cowboys a year ago. I mean, he just simply isn't Justin Fields. And a lot of that has to do with how I feel about Justin Fields. But once he takes the field, it'll be a different kind of a process that goes through when predicting games for them. But until then, they are pretty much underdogs. I mean, I like them defensively. I think the offense is good, but it, we've seen what what it can take to elevate the guys around you when they are skilled players like that. And it's usually not just a middling quarterback like Andy Dalton. So with that being the case, I do expect a big, big game for Matt Stafford. First game out of Detroit. I expect he's really, really loving the Los Angeles weather. I'm sure he's really, really happy about it. And for the first time in a long time, he gets to play on a team that has competitive aspirations. And I think it'll be good for one another. It'll be a mutually beneficial situation. Um, this is a, basically a present for what they did in the offseason to go get Matt Stafford as a week one victory, 30 to 20. Yeah, it's going to be a, a really fun game for Matt Stafford. I mean, he has two really nice receivers and uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Uh, definitely better than the ones he had last year, considering Kenny Galladay was out pretty much the entire season. And he has Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson to swap in and out of the backfield. And then a pretty defense, decent offensive line. I mean, and then that defense, yes, they lost a decent amount losing John Johnson. That really hurt. Uh, but when you have Jalen Ramsey and, and Casey Hay and not and uh, Aaron Donald, that's two very, very difficult players to go against. I mean, Aaron Donald, you basically have to put four linemen on him to block. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they won't be able to switch in uh, Cam Akers. He is out for the year, but they did just trade for Sony Michelle who will be an interesting dynamic outside of their backfield. So, I mean, they like you said, I mean, they just have weapons offensively. They have a lot of guys they can go to. I mean, they're an exciting team. Matt Stafford has help. Daryl Henderson, even with the injury to uh, Cam Akers, it figures to be a really nice feature back. And I expect a lot of good things from the Rams this season, and it all starts in week one. And now moving on to Monday Night Football on NBC. We got the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Las Vegas to face the Raiders. Um, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. John Gruden hasn't proven a lot. I mean, he's had some very questionable picks, uh, some very questionable decisions in general, but this offense looks the best it has in a few years. Yeah. I mean, yes, they – they lost Nelson Aguilar, but that moves Henry Ruggs to be the number one receiver, which is what he's meant to be. Yeah, I think it, I mean, I think we're going to kind of get the answer to the question. I mean, is did Derek Carr actually show flashes last year or did he just love, I don't know what, playing in empty stadiums? I don't know. It was something about last year. He really showed a lot of good signs. So, I mean, can that carry over? Can the offense continue to be explosive and, and do some cool things? And can the defense continue to generate turnovers? I don't know. At times, when both of them are working at their best, they're, both of their units look like they could be in the respective top half of the league or even, even way higher. That's how good they look. But 
to me, the big thing in this game is how good is your best player? And I think Lamar Jackson is that player. And he opens the season without a contract. And I'm telling everyone now to watch out. Without Dobbins, the rushing attack will inevitably feature more of him. And I've long thought he has what it takes to beat teams through the air. And I think this game offers the first hint at that reality. Now, he's still out Rashad Bateman. And Sammy Watkins, like we've said many times, will inevitably go down with some injury at some point in the season. But I do still think that Lamar Jackson is going to have a lot that he feels he needs to prove because he is trying to get this contract. I'm sure there's a hang up with the money somewhere as to why it's not signed. And with that being the case, I'm sure the hang up on whoever's end is because they probably don't know if he can ever be that passer. And I think he's going to have a lot of people that he's going to prove wrong this year. And like I said, the whole road this NFL season starts in week one. And I think that statement starts in week one. The Ravens jump out to a big lead and the Raiders really never compete 33 to 23. It, it, it really is a proving year for Lamar. I mean, not under contract. Losing J.K. Dobbins is a, a huge, huge blow. I mean, he was a very, very good rookie running back last year and really carried that rushing offense. Um but if Lamar doesn't have the weapons he needs, it's it's going to be the similar case it has been for the past few years. I mean, if Sammy Watkins goes down, it's just Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. And I still don't know how I feel about this Baltimore defense. I mean, you have Marlon Humphrey, who is one of the, the best lockdown corners in the league, but you lose Matthew Judon, who is a, a really good pass rusher and good run stopper. So it's... You do still have Patrick Queen, who I think is the third best linebacker coming out of that draft uh, behind Devin White and Devin Bush. But it's – I'm still going with Baltimore, but it's – it's I think it's more of a toss-up for me because we have to remember Derek Carr, what, 2017, was leading that Raiders team to a – I'd say a conference championship run before he went down yeah no I mean you do have to remember that and that's what Raiders fans have looked back on for so long and 2020 was the last it was the was another reason why they keep looking back because they saw it again they saw those flashes again and some of that similar magic kind of you know started to recreep in and I'm sure Raiders fans are hoping for you know a longer sustained amount of that success but I'm just not sold on it just yet happening I mean, I still think they have some receiving problems. I love Darren Waller and I love Henry Ruggs, but I mean, a two-man duo like that is kind of hard, especially when their skill sets are so unique. I mean, it it could be like a Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey kind of a situation, but unfortunately they don't have the other kind of requisite playmakers to really make it feel like that. So um, until I can see otherwise, the Raiders are going to be tough. And I mean, they're playing the Ravens to me. I mean, I don't think we can discredit how well run of a team they are in their own right i mean they just consistently put out really tough teams to play yeah it, like i said i'm going with baltimore but i wouldn't be surprised if there is an upset here yeah it wouldn't shock me either uh but that wraps up our week one predictions boy oh boy are both of us excited we have two days until the season kicks off with a phenomenal game with Dallas and Tampa Bay. Uh, just some of the best week one matchups I've ever seen in my life. 
a lot of really good matchups. I mean, it was weird. It got to the point where I, for when I was doing my game notes or my podcast outlines for this episode, um, it got to the point where I think I had typed first sentence uh, chance to be the most exciting game of the week five times. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we can't have five of the most exciting games of the week, but that's just how the slate works out. I mean, there's a lot of exciting matchups. And I mean, part of it to me, I think is a little bit of uh, us maybe being excited on a couple teams for not as many reasons as we should be. I think maybe we're a little bit behind the hype train. I think we'll really figure out who who's legit and who's not, not as early as week one, but I mean, we'll definitely get a lot better ideas. So, I mean, obviously the whole season is your story. You write your own story. You have chances to, you know, pull it back or you have chances to fall in the ditch. I mean, that's what, that's why we play the season, but I mean, you have to start somewhere and week one is a great place. I mean, we've got great matchups. I can't wait for it. This is, this is a perfect way to kick off the season. Yeah. I I'm so excited. Uh, It's going to be a a phenomenal weekend of football and I hope y'all tune into at least two or three games. Um, do your duty as, as American citizens. <laughs> uh, but with that, I have, of course, been your host, Jason Mitchin. You're joined alongside Ian Hatcher. We'll see you all next time.